0: My God, we're finally back. It's been absolutely bloody ages, but guess what? We decided it's about time we did another podcast. So we're back with the Audio Rambling Podcast, and Mark is also back with me. Hi,
1: Mark. Sorry, this is a, sorry, this is a new phone. Who is this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been ages, but it's great to be back. Um...
0: Yeah. N- new year, new podcast. It... We, thought it, we thought it was about time we've both been a bit busy with the usual real life stuff so it's been a little bit difficult to get together but we thought now was the right time to do a new podcast it's literally on the day we're recording this it's about less than a week left to go till nam there's so much to go through there's you know so much to catch up on as well so yeah let's let's get on with it let's not waste much time mark what have you been up to while you've been away doing your thing
1: yeah mean well, news the, the week or two before NAM is often more eventful than NAM itself because everybody wants to sort of bring people to their stands at NAM. And so they announce everything just beforehand. So, yeah, we've got, there's been sort of so many sort of product announcements that have happened in the last sort of uh, week or two. Uh, let's start with a bit of a weird one. Um, there's a company, I'm probably going to pronounce their name wrong, Rookangus um who've released what they call a valve bucker which is the um first ever valve driven electric guitar pickup so it's it's going to be an active pickup but the the actual preamp for the active pickup is a valve powered one and i mean that's that's just designed to just sort of like target a guitarists just most primal lust centers Um, But I don't know whether or not it's a good idea. Um, I mean, it feels like it could just be very gimmicky. Um, But that said, adding a valve rarely makes things worse. But also the sort of using them properly usually involves sort of a level of heat and stuff that is that what I want in my guitar? I, I mean, I, that exists is is more or less all I have to that to that story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so th- that's 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 a left off center or a left yes. field one to start off with, which which is kind of good because um, you know it's it's the announcements and the teasers have been coming thick and fast, and um, people have been getting built up for Nam pretty much once New Year hit straight away. It, it was all like all the companies have started to just look straight forward towards Nam. And some of the announcements and stuff that have been coming out, um, the news started trickling, and now now it's just like an absolute flood. Um, you know, there's there's just so much stuff coming out out there. Um, I'm going to start with ooh, God. I could start pretty much anywhere. One of the things I'm going to start with, which has been mentioned, is that Gibson are going to grace Nam with their presence this year. Last year they didn't. They decided to go to they decided to go to CES, which has just happened. Um, I think it finished just last weekend in las vegas but they're actually going to be there um and it kind of makes sense for them to actually be at nam with what they're doing A whole kind of you know they've they've got a whole bunch of um 2019 uh electric guitars you know they've gone they've got a back to basics range as well um they've got um they're, they're releasing a critical nail uh signature a tribute signature guitar as well that's going to be an es 335 and it's just they've got rid of their old ceo they're going like totally again so it kind of makes sure it kind of makes sense for them to be at the world's biggest like audio and music expo you know and make their presence there and try and maybe reconnect with the guitar buying public and actual guitar players you know rather than maybe the tech world so i'm sure they're going to have a big presence there which will which will be pretty good um and then, yeah, I'm going to – there's another couple that I've I've piqued my interest because in, it's been interesting to see, uh, and they kind of linked with each other. So <laughs> IK Multimedia uh, have announced, and I think it's pretty much out now, or it's going to be out soon, the Ax.io, um, which is meant to be like a high-end audio interface for, like, guitar players. So – it's basically got an impedance control, it's got expression inputs, you can re it's got a reamp out, which is really handy, built-in tuner, among other features. And this is basically it's designed and aimed. It can work as, you know, just your normal bog standard like kind of recording interface, but I think it's more aimed at just the home recording guitarist, of which there are now many, if you know. If you see YouTube, there's so many of them, so it makes sense. So it's got like it's got a choice of like uh, Class A pure and JFET circuits on the main input channels, um, and there's also a pickup selector. So you so it can work with active pickups as well, which is really really handy. Um, and the other thing is, you know, the, the fact that it's got a built-in reamping, which is really good because you know a lot of people do nowadays record di and then they want to like reamp out and then you know re-record that signal through their favorite amp maybe later on or take the you know and um, allows it so it's kind of got an all-in-one um you know and it looks like um well it says it's available now and prices are about 349 euros which is actually really really good um uh, and you know i came multimedia build some good stuff and then in relation to that as direct competition audient and two notes have come together and designed an interface called the Sono. Now Audio Aud- Audience has um quite a good rep really. I always see on a lot of forums and stuff when people are starting out, you know, people get uh people ask what you know interface should I use and Audience make really, really good um competitively priced interfaces. So this Sono, again, um it, i I in terms of looks I think I prefer the Sono over the uh axe. Um but it's um uh, it's got uh, it's uh you know basically Onboard 12 uh, 12AX7 analog valve. It's got a three-band tone control, um, plus apparently the addition of two-notes power amp modeling and cab simulation, which is really, really handy. Um, and again, near zero latency is, is promised, and a monitor mix allows guitarists to blend like between the input signal and the door playback, which is obviously really, really handy. Um, and it's also apparently designed to be used with pedal, pedal boards, but negates the need for an external amp um and it will always record you a di signal for reamping again um so yeah you've basically got these two you know interfaces that are coming out now and this one's slightly more expensive it's going to be 419 pounds but the quality of it really really high i think you know they'll both sell really really well and there's a clear market like you know for it now so it just makes so much sense to release something like this because there's so many guitarists who kind of are just releasing making basically recording whole albums at home or like you know releasing stuff with YouTube and they need the functionality of like an all in one box that allows you to reamp, you know, d- record DI, maybe like have cab sims and everything stuck with it. So I think these will sell really, really well. I prefer the Sono I think looks really, really better um for me personally, um from an aesthetic point of view. But the axe, you know, I think both will I think both will do really, really well. Both companies know what they're doing, so yeah. I
1: mean, the fact that it's got the axe has a variable impedance, doesn't it, on the input, which is that's that's quite an interesting one because that's one of those things that is um, what they, the way that it loads to pick up, has a bigger effect on the relationship between a guitar and an amplifier, Um, and it's like obviously most audio interfaces these days have got a a high Z or high impedance uh, input or you know switch or whatever so that you can get that but having it as being variable i guess has gives you that option to sort of tweak that relationship between your guitar and presumably the amp sims is going to be the main usage of both of these um yeah but yeah and again with the sort of throwing valves in things in a way that it's i'm always slightly wary of because valves have got that um total holy grail reputation they do sometimes get thrown in places where they're not really actually fulfilling that they're just fulfilling the marketer's dream of that um and you know i I know so little about either of the products we've been talking about to sort of say whether that is the case but there have been sort of like pedals and things where the valve is is sort of not being unleashed to its full potential, but it's still being sold as though it's gonna make you sound like an amplifier. And it's just
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 interesting to see. And it, it's it's kind a new way that the maybe the audio interface is now going is that it's also before the audio interface has kind of always been squarely marketed at the music producer, um the home engineer or the mixing engineer, you know, the the person who's actually like fully looking at like just mixing and stuff and me ma- and doing a bit of like recording and it started off with just professional studios then aiming stuff at home studios as well stuff that's capable to record at a pro level but in the home studio and now kind of aiming stuff like instrument specific you know but it will able be able to do the rest as well but you know the fact that something's I mean, got a reamping kind of you know I that kind like of
1: thing line six have released a product with a similar intent in the past. Um but I don't think it necessarily was aiming at the same sort of market. It wouldn't have been t- charging near five hundred quid for it. Is a slight you know
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So let's 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 move it on because there's there is obviously yeah, so loads. much what else are you looking um, forward to from now?
1: Uh one thing that I um, well okay let's go with one that ties into something that we were actually talking about uh, I think in our last episode when, whenever that was um, All right. but we talked about um, <laughs> Aston microphones having sort of put out a blog which they subsequently uh, deleted um about having voicing models in in the amp- in a microphone so it was super for different sources and whether or not they could get away with labeling it male and female. Um and they've this you know they've now for NAM released this microphone, the Aston Stealth, which is a cardioid um studio and live microphone, um which has got four voicing options. Um which it's got uh one that's labeled dark, one that's for guitars, and they've got uh V one and V two, so Vocal One and Vocal Two. Uh they've they've mentioned that in the marketing, that that was um, in their tests. Um, M1, V1 worked best on, on all the male vocals they tried, and V2 worked on all the female vocals they tried. But obviously, you know, use your own ears. Um, so it, they've kind of I sort of feel um, worked out a way they were comfortable saying what they found without it coming across as sexist, which obviously is not something that they want to do which is fair enough um but you know it looks like a really really cool microphone like very um versatile quite a sort of chunky um thing in a the similar sort of those sort of yeah big cardioid microphones but yeah it looks very nice yeah. i mean i i I don't need any
0: more microphones at the minute uh oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you always need you always need more microphones man you always need more microphones no, no that that that's pretty cool i'm going to um uh, quickly talk about bass you know uh bass guitars nice. because there there's a lot going on with bass a lot going on with them uh, i mean ibanez is is releasing or has plans this year to release 19 different bass guitars i'm guessing a lot of them are going to be on show at um at NAM. some of them i think are already out because i have seen andertons put out videos and stuff and whatnot on them i know they are releasing a seven string bass uh and a six string bass um so they've got they've got a bunch of them you know um so they've got the i think it's 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 called a btb 20th6 btl ibanez never really come up with fancy names they just come up with like model numbers that are quite easy to forget um but the, the reason why i'm picking that one out which is the six string one normally they a lot of their bases have um uh bartolini pickups i have had a five string uh, ibanez base myself before an sr it was an 805 i think it was, a, it was a really nice base and i did like those pickups this one however has nordstrand pickups and nordstrand pickups are really really nice they, they are amazing pickups and whenever you hear them they do sound really good um this this one will also have um a three band eq which is quite standard but they there are loads of models uh coming out um anywhere from a bunch of four strings uh a few five strings as well and they're all coming out at different different price ranges as well um you know it seems like ibanez are going big on the bass and on the guitar so they've got something for everyone and a lot of these new models do look really really good i mean the, the sr 505e looks really really nice as well. Um, I think I'm just quickly looking through them as as I'm talking to you oh yeah there it is yeah there's a few there's a few six-string six string models because you know that that is becoming more and more a thing you know I am seeing some basis going to towards uh, six-string as well so so yeah um Ibanez having a big presence there um I I know Dingwall have already uh, teased a bunch of different um um things that they're going to do they're releasing a firebird um uh five string version as well which is being eagerly anticipated by a lot of people and then like loads of different colors and new things going on there now and the other one that i'm waiting for quite eagerly is strandberg now some of some of you might not know who strandberg are they're this quite small little um, guitar manufacturer based in sweden they do really really nice headless um guitars played by the likes of Pliny and and so many other different people as well um you, you'll generally see a lot of, like kind of jazz fusion kind of guitarists and, and a lot of, like genti kind of guitarists playing them um and they've they've also got uh they're releasing a bowden bass a five string one um now the bassist in Pliny, a guy called simon grove also plays that and i love his tone it sounds absolutely amazing and it does come it, much like the dingwall i think it comes with a dark glass uh capsule in there as well uh eq but it comes with the Nordstrand pickups and that thing sounds absolutely amazing i love the look of it i really want to see what it's all about i keep trying to find out news online about it but nothing in terms of price or anything is out there at the moment um so i have a feeling it will it will all be revealed in terms of all that stuff uh probably at nam um you know um so that that will be really really interesting to see um because I really, I've been. Lo- I'm not not. That I'm going to be buying it anytime soon. But the, I really love the way the Strandberg guitars and the basses really, really look. For some, I'm. Re- I really am digging the the headless, the, the the headless shape and the actual shape of the yeah, body no, as well. They're definitely, a,
1: they're definitely a company whose aesthetic has caught up with that. Just sort of. Brutal futurism of just a guitar that doesn't need a head. It it took a long time for guitar shapes to sort of like make that feel organic and natural. But Strandberg definitely a company who who do look good with the headless guitars.
0: It seems like, especially with their boden the, the boden models and all their like latest models, it seems like you know they've really kind of captured that, and it does it it seems to work with the way the body works and everything. And they seem like they are just really easy guitars to play so i'm really intrigued to see what this how much is boden bass is going to be and what it's going to be like there's a lot of people eagerly awaiting news about that so that that would be cool that's that's probably like for me personally one bit of news i'm really really waiting waiting on a lot um and then there's like i mean schecter i know are releasing a bunch of bass guitars as well i mean the amount of just instruments being released across nam is just it's ridiculous, you know. um Warwick are releasing a bunch of a bunch of bass, a uh, couple of bass guitars, some Corvettes as well. And I mean, at one time, many years ago, I Warwick was like my, I guess, aspirational kind of bass um, guitar to kind of acquire until yeah, eventually, you know, while, yeah. and went down. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and it's it's really intriguing. And then I mean. In terms of the guitar front, God, there's there's so much going on. It's just crazy, you know. Uh, I don't think we've got like enough time in the day to even like go through. I mean, this would be the longest episode in the world, but you know, Epiphone are releasing a bunch of stuff. All, I mean, all of them. Pretty much, they wait for you know Nam to happen and and then they'll they'll release. And PRS have got a few SE models uh, coming up as well, which look really really nice. Always with with PRS, you know, with mm-hmm. what they what they do. Um, I know Fender have got a few things lined up as well. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just crazy at the moment. Um, and one thing I'm going to mention on on the pedal, which I've been seeing a lot of, um, and you're probably, you might be aware of it. Um, so I know 4P are releasing a new new pedal, which people are quite excited about, which is called the Deep Oggin Analog Chorus and Vibrato pedal. But the one that seemed, I keep seeing photos of everywhere and is being made quite a big deal of is the Strymon Volante Magnetic Echo Machine which is i'm looking at it on the anderton's website and it's 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 retailing for 399 so it seems like strymon are going to be one of the big people with their pedals um and this thing i keep seeing a lot of photos of it as well and i think people are, people are quite excited about this as well it's got like three magnetic delay types a spring reverb a looper, and more so it's kind of like bringing everything together um you know um yeah it's and we you you well, know, it, well, standard yeah. quality of well it's a, it's a different
1: uh format for them up until now uh most of their pedals have been the sort of um about sort of double the, the width of a, a standard with the the two buttons and uh two big knobs three little knobs and weather switches or they've had their their larger sort of multi effects models the one doing like all the reverbs, one doing all the delays, and the one doing all the modulation, which were I think three or four things wide, and that was like the format they used for them. Then last year, I think again at NAMM, they they came out with something for the Eurorack modular, and it seems like sort of the the different approach they took to engineering that really sort of inspired them to to go back and look at how you were able to manipulate the effects in your guitar pedal so the the magneto they released last year was basically my el capstan pedal which is a tape delay but sort of with all the insane interconnectivity you get in the modular synth world but yeah they, they like just doing that they seem to have come back with pedals Pedals with new ideas of how to do things, new ideas of how they want it arranged. So it's it's quite a different looking pedal, still clearly from the same designer, but it's a, a different style to what they've had before. um I mean, I uh, I'm I'm very happy with my old stand but obviously I will be at some point heading down to a guitar shop just to have a play with it. You know,
0: come on. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I I think I think you definitely need to. So yeah, I've been seeing a lot of photos of that and stuff. So. Uh,
1: yeah, as I say, the other delay pedal that I've um, seen popping up once or twice that is quite interesting uh, is the Eventide Rose. Now, I mean, just it's it's quite an ugly pedal, but but well, never mind. What is intriguing to me about this one? Um, I don't know. Bring up a picture of it. It's it's quite, got quite a a sort of cheesy sort of um sort of like emotional, like serious, dark, but in a horror like a sort of like shiny purple with like ugly looking maps. Anyway, I'm not here to criticize the, the design of it. What's interesting to me about it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but it's a, a pedal which combines digital and analogue parts. It's I'm not sure if it's got actual a digital delay chip in it, but apparently it's that's uh, right, an analogue delay in it. But it's definitely got an analogue filter in it. And when a company who are as well respected in the sort of digital side of things as Eventide is saying, No, there are some things that we want to do that we can't do in, in digital, we need this sort of analog component to do it right. That is just quite an interesting one. Just, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. no, 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 that, that that does that does sound pretty cool um so i mean there's just so much stuff going on on at nam it's just it's just kind of it's just really really um crazy um now one of one of the other things i know dark glass are teasing some stuff and everyone's trying to guess at what they're going to be doing so i'm really intrigued to find out um there's going to be some other new pedal or we think there's going to be another new head coming along um because i think they've discontinued they're 500 watt amp ahead now don't quote me on that i know they've discontinued one That them and people are like what they might be doing something or the other so yeah so i know dark glass are definitely teasing a few things but there's going to be so much more you know we're, we're talking about this today on the sunday i think nam i don't know if nam starts tomorrow on the monday or whether it starts later on in the week but it's literally around the corner um I'm seeing all the YouTubers and like musicians and people I follow across social media, just making, flocking and making their way towards LA. And I'm getting super jealous because I really want to go to a Nam, um, you know, uh, like so badly. Um, so I would love to be there. Funnily enough, um, my fiance's brother-in-law and wife are actually in LA this week, but they're not going there for Nam. I'm just like, how could you, they were wondering why all hotel prices in LA were super duper expensive. And then they, well, uh, I suddenly realized why they were because of now. So that's just a sidetrack to a story. But yeah, it's going to be, um, there's going to be a lot going on. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of like content being put online on YouTube. So I'm going, it's going to be good to see it. And it's going to be good to digest it as well. Once we come through it and see, you know, what's been done and announce it. Because of course they're going to like keep some stuff under wraps. Um, you know, and it's always good to just to see some of like some of the artists who are there, their performance and what they do as well. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be absolutely awesome to see. I, I mean, I just there's like just so much crazy. There's just so much stuff going on. You know, uh, I mean, MXR going to be releasing a signature Green Day pedal according to like Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah, so so you know, there's that. Uh, I know Blackstar has got um, three new uh, tube amps coming out as well because um, I've seen a few things about it going on, and I'm sure those will be quite popular as well. And, um, well... Yeah, you're saying new. <laughs> not new-new, but new enough. I, I, um, so, okay. okay. Black Blackstar have released the new um,
1: studio range, which is, you know, a brand-new range, and, and totally not just the... Uh, anniversary edition amps from last year with a new name now that it's no longer an anniversary <laughs> um and, and actually i mean yeah but you know fair enough it was it was a cool thing to release last year but that doesn't mean that people aren't going to want it when i was um going amp shopping last year they were one of the the ranges that i looked at um i tried the um Artist Anniversary Edition, which I, you know, I, I get the impression is basically the same as the um, Artist Studio Edition, or whatever they've called it. Um, and it was not quite what I was after, but it was it was cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's just some of the stuff. Like, and we're we're barely like skimming the surface of it. There's there is there's so much.
1: There is one last NAM news I want to mention, and mainly just because it allows me to then just sort of jump onto the one piece of non NAM news that I want to uh, briefly cover. Um, if it's all right. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, of course. The, the, the NAM one is Electro Harmonics, who are a pretty well regarded pedal company, um, who make quite a wide range of pedals, usually with um, something sort of quirky, innovative, interesting, whatever going on with them, um, have released a, or are going to be releasing a, a brand of strings. Um, so you, you can have your, your guitar strings made by the same company who makes your pedals. Now, I mean, from the sound of it, they, they've been made in the USA by a premium string manufacturer. So they're presumably just somebody else's strings with a different branding um, and it doesn't seem like there's they're like particularly interesting or innovative strings, but it's just sort of interesting seeing how uh people try and expand their brand and uh, yeah but the 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 one that uh, that sort of leads me on to the other electro news that's been going on recently uh and that they won a copyright infringement case against moor Um. so the yeah so there's like, anybody who's been like shopping for guitar pedals or has an interest in them you know that there's lots of things in the market which are basically copies or clones of other things. And there are some of the, the companies which basically like their entire thing is seeming to be like offering you cheaper versions of other people's stuff. And so who do the, the sort of very small pedals, like you look at any of their marketing and it's kind of clear that you're getting a knockoff of X pedal or Y pedal. And there's there's a couple other companies that like, out like that, that as well. And it's, one of the things it seems with these sort of um, analog circuits, it's it's very hard to enforce that sort of copyright. And, you know, it's why Ivan has been able to do nothing about the thousands of different cheap screamers out there. Um, uh, but it's a lot easier with code. And now that there are so many digital pedals out there, it seems that when Moor made their versions, they didn't just sort of, Hire somebody to write a code that did a similar job. They literally just copied and pasted the code from a couple of Electroharmonics pedals. So the, um, the yeah, Moore's Murugan and Tender Octava pedals included copies of the software used in the AHX's C9 organ machine and the MicroPipe Pog. Um, and it seems like they also copied the bloody Electroharmonics copyright notice that was included in the software so like it was just a copy and pasting job and it's outrageous but yeah no they it's uh it's been caught out and so i don't know whether this can, means that we'll start seeing sort of less of that sort of thing or whether companies
0: yeah it just means that other uh, loads of like maybe uh slightly cheap uh pedal companies that are making these digital pedals like uh, on a that want to make them on a like smaller budget and stuff they're just going to have to be more careful going forward you know um whereas that maybe one time they might have got away with it it did this will set a precedence it will set a precedence in in the courts so you know if it's so the, going forward like companies are going to have to be a lot more a lot more careful and it will kind of will almost be a lesson to them you know whereas maybe in the past they got away with it so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of unveils and if if we'll ever get if if we get more of that that kind of stuff coming forward or this will be kind of like mm. the warning shot and people and yeah. uh, companies so yeah. know, careful going forward into the future. All right,
1: so yeah, that's that's uh, like the uh, what's going on in the news.
0: Yes, it is. So yeah, so yeah, I think I think we have I mean like I said, we'll, we will definitely do an episode after Nam at some point, you know, um, and ho- hopefully this time it won't be as long, but we'll cover, like, stuff after that as well. Um, in the meantime, we'll leave all of you lovely listeners out there to just enjoy Nam, you know, rather than just hearing us keep leaning on about it, because I'm sure you're getting your feel about it from everywhere, left, right, and center. So, yeah, let's... Um, let's uh move on now i know we 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 had a great idea um you know sometimes we do discuss what we're going to talk about in the podcast just to kind of have a bit of a structure to it as much as we like to ramble on that you know as 20 yep we are as 2018 was coming to a, to an end we were going to do uh kind of year-end awards best off kind of what we liked what we didn't like kind of thing and we were going to do it obviously before 2019 kicked in but you know we've both been busy it hasn't happened but we thought you know what we're still in january it's 2019 has only been going for about well at the time of this recording 20 days even though it feels like 20 months uh, because january just drags on forever so why don't we do our own end of year awards called the ramblies you know now you know let's be honest this you know is this on a level with the oscars i'd say it's better you know is it prestigious as like say uh emmy yes it's more you know will people care about it probably not but we want to do it anyway so mark
1: okay so uh so the award for the first rambly um goes to well, in terms, I'm just going to do it for my own like gear purchase of the year. Um, so I, I didn't buy a
0: lot. Of gear okay, yeah, yeah.
1: This year, um, but the the biggest thing I did buy I did something I've been last year. Um, last year, sorry, uh, I I bought nothing this year. I'm a, I'm a bad music geek. Where's my gas? Um, no, the, but the 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 main thing, the biggest thing I bought last year was definitely the best, and that is my new amplifier, which was the uh, Vox. AC4 hand wired and I I just love that thing. It's just a, a delight to play. It's really responsive, just really, just joyous and lovely and uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I it is it's an absolutely awesome buy and I it was that was a good fun day actually to go and, and try it and it was about time you bought a new amp so I think. It's well-deserved there, and uh, we'll let the people at Vox know that they've won it at some point. I'm sure they'll care, definitely. Um, (laughs) For me personally, for my, like, best purchase, I'm going to split it up into two, uh, hardware and software. Otherwise, it's just too difficult, and because they serve slightly different purposes. So hardware-wise, and that includes instruments and stuff, it's got to be my Dingwall NG35, which I bought on my birthday as a present from me to me, you know because why not? And as much as I, it's just an amazing bass guitar, I love it. I talked about it in the last episode at length. Um, you know, it is just a beautiful bass guitar. It's got the three pickups in there. It's the, it's the five string model. It just plays like a dream. It sounds amazing. The options are amazing. And yeah, I, and it complements like my my amp and head, you know, which I could have given the Rambly to as well, my EBS Reed Mar along with my down 2 by 10 cab as well or even and it I've even been messing around with it recently with the Alpha Omega Ultra pedal which I could easily give that the award to as well and you know that comes in at a close second as well because that thing is absolutely amazing and I finally have the distortion pedal off my dreams you know and you know how much and how long it's taken me to get something but finally you know Dark Glass have made what I was looking for for so long there was always a clear gap in the market and dark glass are filling it massively. I loved it a um uh, Alpha Omega Ultra Pedal, but the for me the, the dingwall, because I play that day in, day out, and it just makes playing bass a j- real joy. And then, software-wise, yeah. um, and this was uh quite a, pur- a late purchase in the uh, uh, and it was a Black Friday purchase, Sonar Works Reference mm. 4. Oh my god. Yes, the difference that has made in the way my room sounds is amazing it's a night and day difference now i knew there's like in terms of the acoustics in my room there are issues because it's a quite rectangular room i have got obviously i've put in some kind of acoustic treatment with some sponges some bass traps and stuff but it's not it's it's it helps but i could probably do more but again there's a combination of budget space and you know i live in a two Two bedroom flat and i'm kind of lucky that i even have this room to be fair and so i needed something just to help improve it and i knew there's i with with home studios that one of the big problems is always the low end the base and especially in the room that's a regular shape this thing i mean and there's always spaces in my room where i know the base just builds up the frequency builds up and it gives you a kind of a, a false kind of idea of how much bass there is or how much lack of bass there is and this thing i've I got the studio reference version. I did all the measurements with the microphone, spent half an hour doing that, taking all the measurements, following it. And now I run it when I listen to music all the time. So I run it with the, um, you can run it basically in two ways, as the plugin version, uh, when you're doing, when you're in the door, and then there's another version called system wide, which just basically runs, With runs more with with the sound card, so it's it's at different points in the chain because obviously in the door you're using ASIO and whatnot, so you need to use the plugin version. So, I've uh, recently I've just been using it in the system wide version. Oh my god, the difference when I'm when I'm just sitting there listening to music, and just the bass response, how clearly I can hear the bass, how clearly I can hear everything else, and also the graph it shows me with what what the measurements on my room were the correction it's done, and what it looks like now. Before, I had a massive spike at anywhere between... I think it was about between 100 to 150 hertz. Absolutely massive in terms of, like, the decibels. And now it's brought it right down, and there's a, only a small hump around, I think, and it's very, very tiny at around between 80 or 90. Very tiny. And the rest of it is nearly flat. It's, this thing is amazing. So, Sonarworks reference for... Those guys are absolute geniuses. They've also released just recently a free app and you might be interested in this for the phone as well. So I basically got an email coming through um, uh, from them a while back saying they're doing a beta test for uh, a phone app. So And basically I downloaded it, uh, installed it, and it asks you what speaker, uh, what headphones you're using. And I've got um, my um, Sennheiser uh bluetooth ones which i use in the gym quite a lot and the it's the the list that you can choose from is extensive Um, so i chose those and i started using it and as of as a beta again it's absolutely amazing this app so i would definitely recommend sign up to it or try and find it within it's it's on google play definitely try it out see how it works you can even manipulate the graph as well if you're like not happy with what they've done on it And it's I've really noticed the difference on that, and it works with Spotify quite seamlessly, or with your inbuilt music as well. So, i I think their phone app is going to be huge, and they're really expanding with what they're doing, and they're wizards out there. So that's for me the the two things.
1: No, that's a that's a good good couple of things. Okay, so for the next uh sort of category, um like both of us have got our sort of um favorite plugin companies uh mine for me air windows and you slate both of whom have released products last year so in a minute i, I thought i'd ask you what your favorite slate product of last or Slate release of last year was and i'll start uh with my favorite air windows one
0: yeah yeah of course yeah so with like oh god i'm trying to remember what came right, out yeah i'll, I'll would... give
1: you a minute to think while i do mine yeah, yeah, um, do yours. So um so Airwindows is one that is um a loan developer supported by Patreon, um, but he manages to release like a plugin most weeks. So in twenty eighteen he released about fifty plugins, um, which is kind of insane. And I've I've tried a bunch of them, but obviously not all of them, um, because I have a job. Um, and I was tempted, I know, uh, I was tempted to give it to spiral, which is new, um, uh, saturation algorithm that he came up with, which is just sort of beautifully smooth. Um, but if I'm honest, it's, I like the way he's used that in the plugins that he released after that. So it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily, I'd pick the plugin itself, but more how that, um, saturation has been used you know, with other things. I mean, there's been... Um, energy is a great EQ for for really bringing stuff out of the trebles. Um, atmosphere is a, a great way of sort of gluing sounds together in a way that sounds like they're in, a, you know, a real space. And in terms of space, like non-linear space, he's got one, which is great reverb. But I think the one that I'm going to give it to uh, is Righteous Four. As a, which is a bit of an odd one to, to explain it's, he describes it as being like your final output stage. So it's sort of like the, the very final thing that is on at the end of the master bus. Um, and it, it's in terms of, so, I mean, one of the big discussions on the, this podcast in 2018 was about the, the, the sort of post loudness wars era we're in, um, which was supposed to become the dynamics wars, but accidentally become the sort of uh, loudness optimization wars with this sort of <laughs> minus fourteen lufs being our our sort of uh, magic target, and, and you know uh, so many things about that. But this um, this is a plugin that, that is aware of this this era, and so it's it's only got um, two controls. Uh, the the second control is just your your sort of output, whether it's going to something else in the door, or if you're outputting it to 16-bit or 24-bit, it'll correctly dither it to that. So if you're doing it like as a high-quality WAV or as just um, a CD-quality release, it'll sort of make sure it's optimized for that. But then the other control is basically um, a, a slider, which has got your, your sort of target output um, like level so you, you, if you know if you go if you put that side at the minus fourteen, when the body of the sound is is around that it'll do some nice things to sort of just fill out the bass a little bit, and if you sort of start regularly going above that, then the whole sort of thing will become sort of saturated in, in a not great way, which means that you can if you sort of set it at the beginning of a mix, then you are constantly mixing with that target being sort of given to you in a sort of organic sort of sonic feedback oral feedback way rather than having to like look at graphs and stuff and it's also got um a sort of clipper built in so that your any sort of peaks because the whole point of this is that you've got a nice balance between the body of your track and and the peaks so that it it feels good and it's just it's as i say it's a very simple set of controls and everything inside it is just sort of calibrated in just a really nice way, and it's it doesn't do much, but it does a couple of important things, and it's just been something that I've just any mixes that I've done since it has come out, it's been just there at the end of the, of the track, and just really yeah. Uh,
0: no, 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 that that's I know how much use you've got out of like the air window stuff, so yeah, that's that makes absolute sense. That and you've explained it so so well. For, so for me, for Slate, I had to look back while you were kind of talking there. I was half like checking back because um you know looking back at t- that 2018 and just just trying to figure out what did come out and I think it's got to be one that I used on our friend George's EP quite a lot and it came out and it's made a big difference and it's one that the hype for it was ridiculous and a lot of clamoring for it was the FG stress uh, yes yeah. um, and I've, I've just been trying to check and I I'm pretty sure it did come out in 2018. Um, Now, there's a bunch of other plugins that have come in, come out towards the later end of uh, 2018, like the EOS uh, EQ and a few other things, and VMR 2.0 as well, which is absolutely amazing and so much more functional. And it allows you to set up so many more, uh, you know, save your settings and have like different strips, which is so handy. But I think the FG stress is absolutely amazing. I've never used an actual um distressor before um you know the empirical labs one but it's kind of got a almost mythical kind of thing behind it and all, all the renowned studios in the world have 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 it so and this was the first one that you know slate were promising they were going to model this as a plugin and before i think plugins have tried but never even come close or not even dared to try and you know model the distressor so Slate released the FG Stress. There was, ever since it were, it was, the rumours started and then, you know, Slate announced that they were going to eventually release one, There, the amount of times on the Slate forums, on Facebook, um, you know, all over the place, on Gear Sluts and stuff, people constantly asking, "Where well, is this thing ever going to come out? When's it going to come out? But the one thing about the guys at Slate and Slate himself, you know, which I have a lot of time for is, despite all the pressure from outside, they stick to it and take as long as they need to, to develop the product that they want with the vision they've got. And it, 99% of the time, it works because when it comes out, people are blown away. And, you know, especially in this day and age, people are very, very impatient. Once something is announced, you know, people want to be able to use it like yesterday. So with the FG stress, God, I mean, I remember just seeing people, literally the amount of times people were posing when's it going to come out? When's it going to come out? And, you know, other people tell them, calm down relax and then it came out uh there were people there was a lot of excitement behind it. people like oh my god this sounds absolutely amazing and you know I've got the everything bundle so I got it and I started using it and I was blown away I love the way it works on on drums it's just amazing it's made for like drums and what you can do on it and on like bass guitars as well I've even used it on this podcast as well so on our voices you know and it really it's, it's an amazing thing i love the fg stress i think slate knocked it out of the park considering the clamor for it the hype for it you know um and how much of a, this is a legendary piece of hardware they it, he's nailed it you know it's it's an amazing compressor i absolutely love it there's so much there's so much versatility to it and it has such a great feel when you use it it's quite easy to overkill with it as well uh, which sometimes is really, really good fun, and you. Ha- but you know, when you get it right, and it's it's quite easy to actually really use, and you can really hear how noticeable it is. So, the the FG stress for me. So, in in that respect, that makes sense. Um,
1: yeah. Um, have you got any like
0: a favourite bit of news or whatever from twenty eighteen? I'm I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. You know, um, of of so I think. Out of oh God, there there was so much news you and I have covered on this podcast, and I'm just I'm trying to remember, um, off the top of my head, you know, this shows you how much planning I've done it uh, done done for this. I'm literally winging it as we go, um, but you know, don't stop that from these awards not meaning anything. Um, why don't you go first, and I will think of something while you let us know. the The biggest one, I I
1: haven't really I still haven't really seen much of an impact from this yet um is that spotify um made it possible to upload music directly to them via its spotify for artists program and considering that spotify has become one of the primary ways that people listen to music um i, I think this is a really interesting one, that up until up until this happened in in september um you know, you could get on Spotify pretty easily, but you did it by, by paying um, a distribution company. Um, so then sort of cutting out the middleman, I, I think is an interesting change. And, you know, I'm not sure that Spotify is necessarily a force for good musically long-term. I mean, they the amount they pay artists is pitiful. Um,
0: I think that's where the problem is, though. I think it's it's yeah. it's Spotify itself, the platform is is really good, but it's the that how much they pay is the problem. So it's the company behind the product, I guess.
1: Yeah, and so as I say, this only happened a few months ago, but it's just an interesting one in terms of like whether people are going to how people are going to take that and whether they just sort of accept that Spotify is. Eating things live, or whether they try and find a, a more uh, profitable route. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I, I think that's that's the, the bit of news from twenty eighteen. I'm I'm hoping will lead something interesting in twenty
0: nineteen. Um, I think looking back on it uh, again, I'm going to go. I'm going to go quite base centric because it's been. I've literally. This has probably been the one year. 2018 is where I spent so much focusing on bass because hell, I'm a bassist. So I think for me, it was it was all the kind of like developments and stuff with with dark glass and all the like different pedals they've been releasing from their the the hyperluminal, the compressor, the X7, uh, even the Alpha Omega Ultra, which came out uh, in the earlier part of 2018. They've just the level of difference and stuff that they're bringing to like bass guitar and stuff and now how popular they they've become and how much they've become a part of things um and it's just it's, it's just it's just crazy you know because they are the amount of people and the amount of artists now beginning to use their not beginning but are really using their equipment and they're fast becoming one of those go-to kind of you know um, companies and a very uh, a bigger player day by day within like you know bass circles. And it's kind of nice to see because you know a lot of a lot of other companies. Um, you know the, the, there are a few that just focus on on bass. You know the likes of like Dingwall, Warwick, or whatnot. But Warwick are owned by like Framus, who kind of you know also focus on guitars and stuff. So it's nice to see like a pedal company that is just focusing on on that on the low end of of things. And because they're so in, they're so into that they they kind of you know they can they know they're not just thinking about oh you know what works on guitar that might work on bass no they're thinking that they always think of it well this the bass guitar is a slightly different instrument you're dealing with slightly different frequencies you want to be able to shape them differently and whatnot so yeah i, th- I think i think for me it's all the stuff that that dark glass have I've been doing because they've been on fire with like how much stuff they've released and how big they've become and as a side to that is also Neural DSP as well, because they've they're you know they're the sister company in all in in essence dark glass. They've they've got dark glass um plugins, so you know they've got the basically a few of the dark glass pedals as plugins, which have become very big. And one of the things that's probably become like massive, like all over for guitarists is the Fortin Nameless Amp and the Fortin NTS, which they've released recently, and these plugins that I've recently used and I've used them with with guitarists and I've seen the videos and just the tone and just how easy they are to use and just the sound, you know, it gives that okay, yeah. Is it gonna if you match it? It's it's nearly like you know that valve feeling and it's so easy to set up. So I think those two companies together, I just are I like knocking it out of the park and yeah, for me, it's just the the stuff they've been releasing and. I'm interested to see what they do come the rest and of the year. And that actually kinda of so, leads yeah.
1: me on to um what was gonna be my next category, which was my trend of the year. Um and it is so things like um Oh yeah yeah, neural DSP with their, their Fortin um AMP models, uh, and actually the, the pedal models for the of the, uh, the black star things they've released, alongside um like waves in collaboration with PRS um released three amp models of the PRS. Um and then there was the um, well there's also I, I suppose there's the Misha Mansor one that is is sort of very much sort of designed around one guitarist's sort of personal ideal of tone. And it's and and together with these and I think there's been a couple others as well is there's been a really reassuring movement with in the sort of AMP simulation world from into like more specifics. And like all the sort of great gear is very you know specific. It's built by people who like are, are trying to to do something brilliant, and they're not you know necessarily like spreading themselves too thin. And for so much of its you know amp models have been about um, having all the things you can't have, but they're not like really them. And they you know it's all, it's usually they're giving knockoff names that you've got your sort of. Garshal amps and your Besser Moogies and you know whatever um, um and and you know it 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 was trying to sort of give you everything but like fake versions of everything and and it's that it's been reassuring in twenty eighteen to see actually these guys were very good at their d s p getting together with the guys who are very good at the the tone and working together to create something that is not just a generic version, something that is more sort of singular and sort of focused and actually, and yeah, and, it and, and good, um, basically. And it's, yeah. And like the,
0: um, I mean, the PRS ones did come out last year, didn't they? Yes, I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure they came out in 2018. Um, yeah, I think they did. Yes, from what I remember, they did. Yeah, they came out. I think not long after Nam. Um, it, it wasn't too long, and yeah. they, they, you know what? They're still like ridiculously cheap as well. And f- uh, whereas obviously with the with the fourteen nameless and the Misha Mansour, um yeah. and you know they focus on. Kind of the, you know, the more heavier aspect of things. Uh, even though the Misha mantle can do some like kind of fairly cool, kind of clean stuff, I, I really liked on the PRS, and you and I have discussed it multiple times how it handles those cleans, and it feels very kind of it's getting towards feeling almost like natural, like a realistic amp. So absolutely, absolutely awesome what PRS did that and they're, and they're ridiculously cheap. You know, I would recommend them if if you're if you can't justify spending like a hundred dollars uh, on just the one plug-in, you know, like the Fortin Nameless or the Misha Mantle stuff, which I think is also about a hundred dollars. I'm pretty sure the Waves uh, ones are still less than a hundred, and you get like three different kind of amps.
1: Right. Uh, well, next question: We have an album of the year.
0: Album of the year. Okay, go. This is yeah. This is uh, this is going to be a tough one. I'll, I will you know what I'm just going to let you let let you go first while I quickly just think of everything.
1: All right, um I mean I I did not it's last year was not um uh, a year of big musical discovery for me. I did obviously listen to music, but I was not um necessarily like finding loads of um sort of cool new things. Uh, but even if I had been, I think the standout album for me was still uh, All Nerve by The Breeders, who I've, they're obviously like a, a band that I've been a, a fan of for donkey's years now. Um, and, I, I'm not you know, it, it was just a really sort of strong album. They've been away for a while. Oh, not necessarily away, but just, you know, they've been doing stuff, working, Who you know. Uh, but they've, uh, Yeah. It, uh, also, I mean, included a, a version of a song that Kim Dill released a solo version of uh, years ago that I loved um, and, like, really obsessed over it. I think you probably remember me obsessing over it. It was uh, Walking With A Killer. And it just... Yeah, and just, like, when it came out, just for a few weeks, I was just uh, obsessed by it. Um, and there's a really cool band version of it on All Nerve as well. And it's, it's just a, an album that really has... Like you know, everybody's tone is great. Like their 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 voices sit well together, sit well with the level of distortion they're using in the guitars, and you know it all just everything just sort of sits well together, and uh, you know the songs allow them to do that. And I I and it's part of the reason why uh, we're doing this podcast is because of how we appreciate sounds, and they're just one of those bands that always sound good, and that's you know obviously there's there's more to music than just like the sound but that is something that you know is a good it, it's always something that matters to me um and yeah the songwriting and everything is good as well but just that yeah, yeah
0: ah no that 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 is a good choice and i know how much um you did like the album and the track so yeah that makes absolutely sense and whereas for you it wasn't much of Uh, musical discovery as you said I think it's been the opposite for me um I've probably mentioned a few times on the podcast that there's been loads of different new stuff I've come across I've gone more than ever down the path of listening to a lot of instrumental music um that wasn't by choice or design it's kind of like I found myself liking a few kind of artists and stuff and then just found myself going a bit down that rabbit hole and what I found and what I've come across has been it's beginning to have quite a profound influence on me and it's stuff that I really, really do like. Um, and I mean, I, I've, I've had a few thoughts about this. Maybe it's also to do with like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like 21, 22. I'm now like in my, well, uh, early thirties coming up soon to mid thirties and stuff. So, you know, the mu- I, I love a lot of the stuff that I used to love, like five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, but there's also my tastes are evolving, you know, and I think that happens quite a lot. So, it's been i've you know for me this year I've come across like guys like and uh, you know some of these people have been around for ages, and I'm not saying like they're they're brand new um so before you start shouting at at your computer or your speakers while you're listening to this, it's like you know i've I've only come i've come across really this year Pliny who's been absolutely i've been absolutely blown away by his music and it's on heavy rotation for me now I, you know I just love the way. He composes tracks and just the the space and the atmosphere and how there's the use of odd time signatures mixed with odd melodies and things. And, you know, then there's also stuff like intervals as well. Again, instrumental and stuff. And just, you know, how they use the, the various different guitar tones. It's not always a heavy a hundred percent of the time or always genty. Sometimes it brings that vibe. It all does stem from Gent. It's all got a lot of the, these these songs have got that Gent prog vibe to them and I just feel find myself going down that route and what I like. But I like the way they change it up. It's not just, you know, constantly like zero one zero zero one zero or whatever, you know. Um and just the way they use the, the space and the atmosphere or especially Pliny. He's He's amazing the way he constructs chords and puts them together and constructs, constructs a melody and then builds around it. Um, So it's in terms of like, you know, I've come across so much different stuff. So, you know, like I said, I've mentioned, like Pliny's been a massive influence. There's been um, intervals. There's a guy called C2I who's also like, you know, he's like half YouTuber and also does music as well. And he's worked with Pliny. there's a, um, David Maxim Misic as well, who I've just been started listening to recently as well. There's there's so many, and on on the total opposite side of that, um, there's also a band I've come across There's the Midnight, who are basically totally different to what else I've been listening to. But they're like an they basically just invoke eighties. They're an eighties kind of synth band, but they've only been going for the last few years. Uh, literally, I think for the last couple. 2 or 3 years um and they released they released an album uh, this year called Kids and I love a couple of the tracks of it um there's also a couple of their older albums um you know and literally it's like when me and like my fiance we're like driving in the car there's a, you know a lot of music i listen to she's not always into but she loves the midnight and i mean i can tell you right now i'm going to have a few midnight tracks at my wedding later on this year as well because A, it's just pure 80s synth fun it sounds amazing and it's stuff you can definitely dance to i can imagine like trying to bust out some moves probably foul but it's awesome um and and in terms of so and that's totally different you know it's got it's got a very pop synth vibe but i love those big 80s synths they're just so amazing and they just kind of take you back and i guess that all fits in also with the whole like stuff like stranger things being really big and like 80s revival has been massive in the last three or four years. It's like a time that everyone looks back to with rose-tinted glasses at the moment. But that that music, The Midnight, just nail it. They're they're amazing at it. So they're definitely high up in contention. But I think that... that, I I, I would probably give the actual award for album... I will probably give it to Pliny. Um, I think it would be... For salt and charcoal his ep that's been absolutely amazing i've absolutely loved it and i you know and he also released sunhead as well and i just love the tracks of both the eps they're they're, they're so cool they're so amazing i can't wait to see what he does in 2019 but uh, another shout out is and two of the guys who play with Pliny are actually are in another band called the helix nebula um and they're the ones who kind of i literally started listening to them and i ended up down this journey of listening to intervals listening to plenty and listening to all these other guys as well uh like your david maxim and misich and whatnot um and it basically was because you know i was just listening to on spotify of all things you know just listening to the discover new music for yourself you know where they tailor it to you and I literally heard the opening chord of a track by Helix Nebula and I was, I was at work sitting there and literally I sat up and I was like, Ooh, this sounds different. This sounds amazing. Um, and yeah, listen to the whole EP, which I love It's an EP called Meridian. Check it out. Um, they have and that was released in 2014. But for me personally, that's been one of my, that was on, that was probably on the most heaviest rotation in terms of something that was released a while ago, but I only discovered it, you know, like a while later. So, yeah, um, but I think Pliny for me is probably in terms of influence and everything, so that's my album of the year. So, yeah.
1: All right, and our final uh, category is going to be a a nice and narcissistic one, Um, and it's going to be one that we're guaranteed to win, because it's what was the best episode of the Audio Rambling podcast. Which of course did start in twenty eighteen. So you know, any award ceremony talking about twenty eighteen that doesn't mention uh, this amazing, amazing podcast is not doing its job properly. So um, yeah, now that's the last category: best episode of the podcast in twenty eighteen. Uh, do you have a nomination, Vishal?
0: I do. Um, I liked. I really enjoyed the one that we actually did live after the guitar show um we did it outside because we couldn't find a nice like just pub to sit in which would have been ideal but that was really nice to just do it live and to be able to chat face to face it was really good and not have to worry about any technical stuff and it was just you know um it felt really good and it was we, we'd we been to the guitar show we were able to air our thoughts on it immediately and we saw some really cool stuff and uh I know you and I have discussed, you know, uh, when we do discuss about the podcast and we are looking at ways of potentially being able to do a few more episodes in the future, face to face, you know, um, and whatnot. And maybe that stuff that we might, you know, who knows it, it, what the future holds, but maybe potentially something that I know we'd both like to do more of if we can. So I think that one for me, I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, you know, it, it it was really good. We've been to the to the thing, um, to the um, London Guitar Show, uh, we just did a recording um, there and then out in a park, and yeah, it was it was it was good fun to do. Um, so yeah, I think that one for me. What about you?
1: Well, it looks like the Ramble Award for best episode of the Audio Rambling podcast is unanimous because yeah, that was just a great day. Like the the UK Guitar Show was was so much fun. Um, there was you know all those things to like. You know, it's a well and good um watching demos online, and it's it's even obviously you, you can go into shops and try stuff out. But you generally can't spend just all day wandering around a shop trying everything. Sooner or later, they'll be like, "Are you going to buy something, sir?" And you feel really embarrassed. We're like, "No, but can I play that?" Um, whereas at the, the guitar show, that's that's the whole point. It was just great to go around trying everything, and then yeah, just we, we just sat in a park and chatted about all the cool stuff we'd just been seeing. It was um a really good episode um so yeah so congratulations on winning there
0: us <laughs> thank you i i feel so proud but you know what it's it's been ever since we started this It's it's been fun doing all all the all the episodes and you know doing all them even um doing the offshoot one off episode i did where i did the interview with chris and whatnot and you know big thanks to him for actually giving up his time to do that you know whereas um I just dragged you. Uh, I I can kind of call on you whenever you know. Sometimes other people have a life, uh, not saying that we don't. Um, so yeah, no. Um, it's been it's been fun doing we all don't. those episodes, but that episode yeah, definitely definitely stuck out. So yeah, I think that's the Ramblies wrapped up for one year. Um, we'll try we'll bring them back next year. You know, you'll have to tune in and see who wins, and you'll have to listen to all the podcasts for the rest of this upcoming year to find out what happens. Um, so. As always, um, before we say our buys, list, um, anything you've been checking out or you're looking forward to in 2019, or anything you've been listening to, or bands or anything you've been seen live, etc. You know. Uh,
1: well, I'm actually just I'm going to throw in a, a recommendation to you here for a documentary. Uh, that's there's a BBC Four documentary series on it at the minute called Guitar, Drum, and Bass, mm-hmm. and the uh, episode two. Uh, was on bass and so Tina Weymouth, the bassist from Talking Heads, like just sort of goes through a history of the of bass in popular music talking to just a load of bassists, not just bass guitar, but also like some double bass and synth bass stuff. Um and it's just a sort of you know, anytime you get people who know what they're talking about, chatting about that topic, some good stuff comes out. Um so yeah I reckon you should check that out.
0: I definitely will. No, that that sounds amazing. Um and something I will check out on the good old iPlayer. Um yeah, definitely. So thanks for giving me a heads up on that one. Um for me I'm looking forward to um there's there are a bunch of different artists and stuff um who are gonna be releasing albums and whatnot in twenty nineteen. Um and off the top of my head I can't remember all of them. I did mention Pliny is gonna be releasing something um i'm hoping that the helix nebula actually do release an album which we're all kind of there's a lot of people pining for that so hopefully that happens um and apart from that um you know i'm just hoping to well you know hopefully i'm looking forward to the children of bottom uh new album which will be out around march that would be awesome um you know so that will be good to see how how that turns out i've heard one of the first singles um from it and i i've i, I like what it does so yeah um there's 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 going to be a lot of stuff that i'm looking forward to um and hopefully go going going to see um i'm just trying to think what i've been listening to in the last oh couple of weeks um one thing i think i mentioned it in the other episode of the podcast was i have been using tidal a lot more as well and that's um it's like spotify um but i do like the fidelity on that and it does work um oh i have been checking out um tosca who um their album fire by the silos which i highly recommend it's quite a heavy listen um you know it's quite a meaty album the the tracks are quite long but i would definitely recommend it like just tonally and instrumentally like what they're doing it's absolutely amazing it's another pretty much instrumental album it's um it's fronted by uh, Rabia. Uh, well, I say fronted by Rabia. Uh, Rabia from, you know, uh, who's worked with Chapman guitars and not Anderton and everything. Um, it's an amazing album uh, from Tosca. So I'd definitely recommend that. So yeah, I think that's pretty much well, from me. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty much what I'd recommend/slash been checking out. Cool. Well,
1: another episode done. Possibly a contender for, for for best episode of the year when we get to next year's Ramblies. We'll see. It might all be downhill from here. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no, looking forward to lots more episodes uh, in 2019.
0: Yeah, um. me too. No, yeah, definitely, definitely, and we'll have loads more cool stuff lined up and whatnot, and you know, um, lots lots more other stuff. So yeah, I will. Our next episode after this one will probably be after NAM and it'll be interesting to see. What all of that, that whole in store. So, Ark, until next time, I will see you again and, you know, keep it real. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)